please open to Isaiah chapter 40. If you've got this passage memorized, I would understand it. It's a great passage. I want to talk about eagles today. Uh, We live in a world right now, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you online would know it as well. We live in a world without hope. We live in a world where people are just hopeless. And I believe that Jesus is the light of the world, but he's also the hope of mankind. And uh, in this climate of fear, (coughs) I really would like to, to, to speak a special message of hope this morning. And to do that, I want to look at... Uh, uh, the eagle and find out what lessons that, that an eagle can teach us. I don't know about you, but I, ever since I heard the song Desperado, I've been an Eagles fan. And I love the Eagles. All of them. Bald, you know, wedge tail, all of that stuff. But I remember standing on an escarpment, which is kind of like a big cliff face. Uh, Bill Newman and I were traveling. I couldn't tell you where it is. It's lost in my memory somewhere. But Bill and I said, and we, we watched this sea eagle over the sea. And, and he, we just watched him and we finished up watching him for hours and just talking about how incredible eagles are. Is anybody here fascinated with eagles? I sure am. And so what I would like to do this morning is to, uh, is to look at lessons the eagle can teach us right now. We live in a world without hope, but I tell you, there is a symbol of hope in this bird. There's something we can learn from it. And the Bible teaches on it. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31 says this. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit weary and fainty at the moment. Are you? It's really busy. But those who wait upon the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, some translations say, will renew their strength. Please pray with me. Lord, we just pray as we open up uh, the eagle right now and have a look at some lessons that we can learn from eagles. Father, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts, that in this world of hopelessness, in in a world that's weary, that's exhausted, that we would have a message of hope. We would have a message that, that, that we can, as we press into your spirit, that we can mount up on wings like eagles, that we can run and not grow weary, that we can walk and not be faint, Lord God. We just commit this message to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now this message is also, the outline is also on our app. If you have the app, you can look it up there under notes and take your own notes as we go along. Proverbs 30, verses 18 to 19. Let me read it for you. Most of you don't know this verse, but this is an interesting verse. Three things are too wonderful for me. Four, I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky. The way of a serpent on a rock the way of a ship in the high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin. I'm going to keep right away from that last one. But I'm going to concentrate on the first one. Maybe that's a message for another day, but <laughs> I, yeah, okay, we won't go there. The first one, the, the way of an eagle in the sky. Eagles are remarkable birds. Uh, they're incredible. They're inspirational. You know, it's really interesting that when you think about it, eagles are symbols all over the place, particularly when power and authority is involved. The Romans had the eagle as their symbol. The Nazis had the eagle as their symbol. America has the eagle as their symbol. See, it symbolizes power. It symbolizes victory. It symbolizes an incredible, noble, and, and awesome uh, uh, thing that the people are just drawn to. And 
I've been absolutely fascinated with eagles. If, if I see one in the sky, I just sort of want to look at it for ages and, and observe it. Eagles are incredible creatures. A mature eagle can have a wingspan of over two meters and it weighs around seven kilos. It has eyesight that can spot a rabbit at 3.2 kilometers. Isn't that incredible? It has acute depth, depth perception, but it also has 270 degree peripheral vision. It is equipped with razor-sharp talons to grip its prey, a, a strong beak to tear flesh, and a clear membrane that covers its eyes when it's attacking. Did you know that? It doesn't want to lose its eyes. It's very important to the eagle, its vision. And so when it attacks, there's a membrane that covers them over. An eagle is strong enough and has been noted to, to lift huge weights, far in excess of its own weight. And, and, and an eagle can actually lift a young lamb in its talons and fly away with it. Can you imagine that? Incredible strength. The eagle is a supreme hunting and fighting bird, fast, strong, courageous, and it embodies so many things that we as Christians should be, that the eagles can symbolize that. So this morning, what I thought we would do is just get some lessons from this guy to sit at the feet of the eagle and say, what lessons can you teach us from your life? I've got seven lessons that I will draw from this. The first one is that eagles fly alone or with their own kind. You don't see them flying in, in, in great flocks with, with other sorts of birds. They either fly alone, which most of them do, or they fly with their own kind. And the lesson we can learn from that is we need to associate with those who bring the best out in our lives. People who think like us, people who share similar goals and dreams and encourage us in life. Now, I'm not saying we don't reach out, but the people that you allow into your inner sanctum the people who really influence your life should be people who are building you up, not pulling you down. And the eagle hangs out with people of its own kind, people who think and act like it does. The eagle doesn't waste time with other kinds of birds. And we should learn not to waste precious time with people who will just draw from us and drain us and wipe us out. People who are negative or argumentative. There's plenty of those guys out there, isn't there? Have you noticed that? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 16 says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time for the days are evil. And I think if, if nothing else, you could look at the world right now and say the days are evil. I was actually talking with a pastor yesterday and um, we are talking about uh, uh, you know, all the various things of COVID and all that sort of stuff, as everybody is at the moment. And uh, I mentioned to him, it's, and, and look, please don't misunderstand me. I am, I'm just stating what I believe is, is the, the worst thing about what's going on. It's not about vaccines and masks and lockdown. The most, the most difficult thing at the moment, I believe, is the control of information. People at, at governments, Facebook, all these people, media, they are all making sure you only get the story they want you to get. They're controlling information because if you can control information, you can control people. Joseph Goebbels knew that. And I'll tell you, the people at the top know that right now. And if you put something up on Facebook, for example, and they don't like it, they will take it down. You're not allowed to have an opinion anymore. And so many people, especially post-COVID, are, are, are reaching the point uh, where they're saying, look, I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't want to go to church. Church is, you know, it's such a hassle. I don't want to go to church anymore. And so what they're doing is they're not flying with their own kind anymore. They're just doing their own thing. And, uh, you know, you, people, I've had people say to me, I don't need to come to church. I can get better sermons on YouTube. 
And I agree, yes, you can. There are far better preachers than me. And they're all on YouTube and you can get their sermons and stuff on YouTube. That's great. So if your sole purpose to come to church is to get something out of it, to get a, you know, a message for you or something like that, then yes, YouTube can, can suffice. But if your purpose in coming to church is to connect with people and to give, not to take, but to give and to love others and, and to find your destiny in God, you can't do that from YouTube. You just can't. Sorry, YouTube. I'll probably get this taken down now because I said that. Um, you just can't. And I know there are some great preachers out there, you know, Joyce Maines and T.D. Jacks, all this sort of stuff. They're fan. Joyce Maines, Joyce Myers. <laughs> Joyce Maines is probably pretty good too, I don't know. But Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, you know, all these guys out there, Rick Warren, these guys, they're great people. But here's the thing, they don't know who you are. You, they don't know who you are. Whether you think they're good or bad, they don't know who you are. You're just someone out in the ether somewhere. Coming to church, interacting with other people, getting to know pastors and people who know who you are, who love you, who are connected to you, who want to bring out the best in you, that's what it's really about. So if your desire is to serve, and if your desire is to reach your destiny in God, because God has a destiny for all of us, then you need to listen to a verse like Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says this, Let us consider how we may stir one another up towards love and good works. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us continue meeting with encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm seeing the day approaching right now. I mean, the world is shaping up for the showdown, don't you think? And if that is the case, we need to make the most of the time we have right now and we make the most of it by flocking with our own kind. The second thing is that eagles see further. I said that they can see 3.2 kilometers. They really see further. Look at that guy. He's just mean, isn't he? If he's looking at you like that, get ready. He's seeing lunch. Um, eagles are renowned for having superior eyesight. Job 39 talks about eagles, 27 to 29. Listen to what it says. At your command, the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high. On the rocks he dwells and he makes his home. On the rocky crag and stronghold. From there, he spies out the prey. His eyes behold it from far away. So these guys can see a long way. And they can see a prey at three kilometers away, but then they can focus on that prey with laser-like intensity and set out to get it. So the lesson for us is that we should be the same. We should focus on what God has for us and go for that with laser-like intensity the same way an eagle would go for its prey. We should focus on what God has for us, not what we think is. You know, we live in a world where people are just distracted all the time. Do, have you noticed that? We are like, um, you know, it's the old joke about, you know, I've got ADHD. Oh, what's that? Is that a squirrel? You know, that sort of thing. It's, it's, people are so easily distracted all the time. And, and they talk about stuff that doesn't really matter. And, and I tell you, we live in a moment right here when, when the world is throwing so much stuff, Christians are debating stuff about COVID and not talking about the Lord anymore. We're talking about whether you should wear a mask or not, whether should, we should have lockdowns or not. It's distractions, folks, because that is not our calling in God. I said the other week, I don't think Jesus will be standing at the gates of heaven checking your vaccine passport. Pretty sure he's not going to do that. 
because these are just peripheral issues. They seem important right now, but I'm telling you in eternity they matter nothing. What matters is that we pursue the will of God. And we should be talking more about what God is doing in our life and in our home and in our family and in our churches and in our businesses instead of what COVID is doing. Every news bulletin, you, I am waiting for the day when I can turn on, I never turn on news bulletins, but I'm waiting for the day when I can and there will not be a story about COVID. I don't remember watching any sort of news bulletin where there hasn't been a mention of it because it's so current at the moment. But I'm telling you, that's not our destiny. We need to focus on what's important. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in advance uh, that we should walk in them. So God has... For each and every one of you, God has a destiny. He has, he has stuff planned that, that you can do that's going to make a difference in the world. He has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, the Bible says. Plans to grow you into the person that he desires you to be. He is already preparing us for works. He's already preparing the works for us to be there. All that is required is for us to be obedient. Do I hear an Amen. Isaac Newton said, if, I've been, if I have seen further, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. And, you know, we have spiritual giants here in this place. I want to encourage you, get beside, if you are struggling, get beside someone who is a mature Christian because they have seen and done things and you can stand on their shoulders and see further. But ultimately, your vision depends on the Holy Spirit. It is God who gives you superior vision. Ephesians 1.18, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which you've been called. What are the glorious riches, inheritance uh, in the saints? You know, God's given us incredible riches and inheritances and we don't see them most of the time because we are not focusing on God's destiny for us. We are just focusing on all this other stuff. Now that word says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. I had a look at that word enlightened. And the word enlightened in the Greek is the word fotizo, which of course comes from the word photograph, comes from this word. And what it means is to instruct, to illuminate, or to shine. Now, I've got to tell you, you might have the best eyes in the world. You might have better than 6-6 or 20-20 vision. You could see for miles. But if I take you to a cave and switch the lights off, you see nothing. Nothing. Zip. Why? Does it mean there's something wrong with your eyes? No. There is no light in a cave. And if there is no light, your eyes do not function. They need light to function. That's why when the Bible talks about us enlightening ourselves, we need the light of His Word and His Holy Spirit to allow us to function. We cannot just think we can do it ourselves. So try it sometime. Get in the cave, turn the lights out, and it is so you can't even see your hand right there. It is so dark. We need light to function. The third thing that eagles teach us is that eagles feed on live food. Did you know that? They're not like vultures and scavengers. They don't eat dead animals. They catch live prey. So what's the eagle teaching us here? I'm not, I don't know what the, the rabbit's going to teach us, but I know what the eagle's going to teach us. He's teaching us to not waste our precious time and energy by flogging a dead horse. He don't, they don't have anything to do with already dead things. They go for live things. Stay open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Listen and be ready and make sure your mind is filled with life. That your mind is filled with good, godly, honorable thoughts, not dead, rotten, sinful thoughts. 
You see, whatever you put into your mind is what is reflected through your heart. That's how it works. And so that's why in Philippians 4 verse 8, Paul writes this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence or anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And you cannot mix it with the turkeys all day long and then hope to fly with the eagles. It just doesn't work that way. If you, if you just watch TV and put junk into your head or get on the internet, put, put sin into your head, you will not fly with the eagles. You've got to feed on live praise. And life comes from the Word of God. And people are so negative today. Have you noticed that? People are so negative today. And I think more than ever, and, and Australia as a nation, we have been so blessed through this pandemic and other ways. We are, you know, we call ourselves the lucky country. We are the blessed country, folks. We are so blessed. The rest of the world would love to have the incredible things we have here. But if you talk to the average Australian, you get a bunch of whining and complaining. You really do, don't you? We've got to turn that around, folks. We've got to have a gratitude attitude. We've got to feed on, on live stuff from the Word of God. As Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. If you take nothing else away from the eagle, don't set your, your mind, your eyes, your heart on earthly things. Set them on things above. Because that's what's going to matter in the long run. Now the fourth thing is that eagles ride the winds. If you watch an eagle you will notice that they rarely flap. Have you ever noticed that? They just set their wings out there. And you say, how are those things flying? They don't even flap. They're, they're, they're just sore. There's not a lot of flapping or effort. And that's, this is a key thing we can learn from eagles. They don't put in a lot of flapping and effort. They just set their wings and they soar. Zig Ziglar, the famous Christian motivational speaker, said this, I don't care how much power, brilliance or energy you have. If you don't harness it, you're never going to accomplish as much as your ability warrants. And see, what the eagle does, when it's barely moving its wings, what it's doing, other birds are flapping like mad, doing it in their own strength. But the eagle is actually harnessing the wind and the thermals and it's flying not because it's flapping and putting effort in it's flying because it's using the wind and the thermals to rise uh, to raise it up isn't that incredible so the lesson for us is clear as a church but also as individuals instead of loads of activity with little tangible ev evidence of uh, little tangible results eternal results we need to rest in the lord and allow the wind of his holy spirit to gather beneath our wings our outswept wings and lift us up into the heavens isn't that a beautiful picture that's what we need to do but i don't know about you but i'm a busy guy i do lots of stuff and god is constantly telling me through my wife and others to slow down and um you know it's, it's been said come ye apart or come ye apart if you don't you will and if if you don't take some time out to do the things of God and refresh your spirit and let, the, the, let the, the wind of the Holy Spirit get under your wings and lift you up. If you do it all, try and do it all yourself, you will burn out. You will fail. We've all been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, got the video. Um, I don't want to do that. And at a moment in our church when there's a lot of activity happening and, and some stuff you just have to do, I have to make sure I put time aside every single day 
to just spread my wings and read the Word of God and let Him fill me with His Holy Spirit. And I pray that again and again and again. See, Psalm 127 verses 1 to 2 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. It is in vain that you rise up, rise up early and go late to rest, eating, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. You know, it is real tempting. I just have to convince my mind about this because I get to bed and my mind doesn't switch off when the rest of me does. Anybody like that? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we realize if we're getting up early and we're staying up late and we're working, 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 it is in vain unless the Lord is building the house. We've got to be obedient to Him. So if we as God's people expend time, energy and effort and God is not in it, everything we're doing is vain. We might have a nice new auditorium in a few weeks down there and it will look nice, etc., etc., but it is in vain if God is not in it. We are wasting our time. We can flap and flap and flap and do all sorts of things and put in lots of effort. But as C.T. Studd, the famous cricketer and missionary, said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's it. Sometimes we fill ourselves with so much activity, doing so much stuff that in eternity doesn't matter. It's foolishness. If I said to you, you can put lots and lots of energy in and in the end, it will all evaporate and finish and you've wasted your time. You'd say, well, why should I do that? But we do it again and again. Brothers and sisters, it is time that we examined ourselves and our hearts and what we're doing and our motivation and realize we need to do things in eternity. We need to do things that last forever and we need to let God's Holy Spirit fill our wings and carry us into the sky. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus was talking to a couple of uh, sisters Mary and Martha, you remember the story. And Martha was busy doing stuff and Mary just sat at his feet. And Martha got cranky and she said, Lord, you know, Mary's just sitting there doing nothing. Tell her to come and help me. All this work needs to be done. Jesus said this in, in verse 41. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So maybe it's time we do examine our lives and see if we're, we're really investing in the good portion or if we're just doing stuff. Just as the eagle harnesses the power of the wind and thermals, God is not calling us to frantic activity, but to resting in Him and allowing the power of His Holy Spirit to take us up and guide us higher. So church, at this time of intense activity, I want to prophesy this in Matthew 11. Jesus says, come to me, you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. And there is a way you can rest when everything is still frantic. And it's, it's about the condition of your spirit. The fifth thing that we can learn from eagles is that eagles love storms. Did you know that? I'm not talking about the Melbourne football team. I'm talking about adversity that comes against them. When adversity strikes, eagles do not fear it. They don't even embrace it. They harness it. They use the power of forces driving against them to rise above the storm. Eagles know that the stormy winds are, are, are very strong and so they can fix their wings so that the storm that comes against them that is, that, that is trying to, to kill them, they can harness that power and actually rise above the storm. That's why, and we can learn that lesson. That's a lesson we should learn from the eagles. 
when we face adversity. That's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, listen to this. We also rejoice in our sufferings. I'll let that sit for a bit. How do you like that? We rejoice in our sufferings. Do you struggle with that? I do at times. Oh, yay, something else has gone wrong. That's not what it's saying, though. It's not saying that we don't acknowledge our sufferings. It says we rejoice in them. Why? Why would we rejoice in suffering? Suffering hurts. Suffering is painful. Suffering is adverse. Why would we rejoice in our suffering? Paul writes this. Because we know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. See, the lesson from the eagle is to rejoice in the trials that we face. Why? Because they can empower us to be greater people. If you meet a great man or woman of God, I guarantee you there is adversity in there somewhere. They have had struggles. They have had to face difficult times. But rather than collapse under them as many do, they've used the power of that to rise above those and to develop incredible character. We have nothing to fear if we are obedient to Jesus because these trials that come to destroy us actually make us stronger if we yield to the Holy Spirit. So if you're facing tough times today, and some of you are, if you're facing fear, if you're facing difficulty, if you're facing conflict, I've got to tell you, don't fear, don't get down, don't give up and don't give in. Change how you see adversity. Change the way you see it. You know, oftentimes when things come against us, we tend to look at it, oh, woe is me. Oh, no, look at this horrible thing that's happened. You know, we need to change how we speak. I'm trying to train myself right now to look at problems and say, you know what? Thank you for that opportunity to shine for you, Jesus. Because if you have a problem come against you, that's an opportunity for you to show the Lord how faithful you are. We should be thankful for these opportunities, not down on them and, and whinging and crying about them. Remember, you cannot have a testimony without a test. We just heard a testimony from Trishy. She'd had incredible tests in her life, but her testimony is how the Lord has set her free from those and triumphed over those uh, in and through those tests. We have to set our wings to harness adversity and rise above. The sixth thing that eagles teach us is one of the hardest for me. They respond in a unique way to being attacked. Now, I couldn't believe I actually found this photo here. This is a little bird. They're often crows or something like that, but they get on and they start attacking the eagle. They start plucking feathers out and attack and annoying them, these smaller birds. I mean, you look at the power of the eagle. These guys are annoying them like crazy. It's amazing. But when, he, when the eagle has these guys hanging around and they're, they're picking it and they're, they're attacking them and they're going for them all the time and we all have people like that in our lives, don't we? Some of us are married to them. <laughs> some of us are, not me, but some are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We all have these people in our lives who come and they pick, pick, pick and they, and they get under us and they annoy us like crazy. Here's the thing. The eagle does not respond. He doesn't fight back. He doesn't even change his course. You know what he does? He just starts rising higher and higher and higher. And at some point, those small, annoying birds can't stand the height to which the eagle's got. They can't breathe in that atmosphere and they fall away. Man, there's a lesson for me and you in here, isn't there? 
Because we all have these annoying people around us. They're all everywhere around us at some point. And we need to realize that we shouldn't react to them and we shouldn't fight back. We should just set our wings and rise higher. And at some point, God will vindicate you if you are faithful to him. We live in a, a highly reactive world. If you, if you notice nothing else on, on Facebook and social media cha- uh, channels or sitting in coffee shop, what you hear, people react to everything these days. Don't they? Like you can't put a post out there and, and have people say, well, I don't really agree with you, but thanks for sharing your opinion. That doesn't happen. They want to attack They want to attack your character. They want to attack you. They want to attack what you believe. They just fight like crazy and react to everything all the time. They're attacking and character assassinating all of the time over issues that ultimately have very little consequence. It doesn't really matter in the long run, but people fight tooth and nail over that stuff. I'm amazed at the stuff people argue and fight viciously over that doesn't really matter or even affect them a lot of times. And this flows right through to the media and the government and social, all this sort of stuff. They're all fighting over stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. From the eagle, the lesson is clear. Don't react when you are attacked. Don't fight back. Don't seek vengeance. Just set your wings and fly higher. Eventually they will drop away. Romans 12 says this. Verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. I've experienced this over the past several years. I'm sure you have as well. I've had people attacking me, criticizing me of you know, ministry and and preaching and my beliefs and all sorts of stuff. But I've learned to a degree to react like the eagle, to not react to that all the time, but to just set my wings and fly higher and higher. And eventually, God vindicates you. That's how it works. Even this week, uh, Fiona and I were just sharing uh, last night. Even this week, I had a former member of our church attack me, um, attack my business, actually. Um, and so, and that hurts. I tell you, it, it's, it hurts when they get out there and they leave a, a negative review and all that sort of stuff. It really hurts. It really does. But here's the thing. If you start res- sort of reacting to that and fighting back and that sort of stuff, it's just going to be a mess. The only action, the eagle's telling us this, the only action to do is to set your wings. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. I just need to soar up to a higher spot where someone like that just falls away. And they will. It's interesting, my business was attacked. There's nothing I don't believe about business. When I looked at when it was put on, it was put on when we had all these miracles happening in our church. It was nothing about the other. It was about this person is angry and they dislike me a lot. And I don't blame them for that, but it hurts. We don't have to retaliate. We just have to fly high. Isn't that a cool lesson? The seventh thing and final thing that the eagle teaches us is we need to renew. Eagles renew themselves. One little known fact about eagles, because you see them and they're so magnificent, but one little known fact 
is that the eagle undergoes a painful task of renewing itself. Every year it plucks out all of its feathers so stronger ones can grow. Did you know that? And that's how it stays strong. That's why it says renewed like eagles. Because they renew themselves all the time. That's why Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to, this pattern, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of Pentecostals read that differently. They think it says removing of your mind. It doesn't say removing. You know, a lot of the things we do in churches just don't, doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't say be, be weird and remove your mind. It says renew your mind. How do you do that? By putting the Word of God in it. That's how you do it. You know, let's face it, we, we do all sorts of crazy things at times, but we need our minds to be renewed. Psalm 103 verse 5 says this, Who satisfies you with, with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So every year, eagles pluck out all their feathers so that stronger ones can grow back. But here's a really interesting one. I was amazed when I read this. At around 40 years of age, the bald eagle faces a decision. It has to either die or go through the painful process of rebirth, extending its life for up to another 30 years. I didn't know this. And so it faces a choice. What is it going to do? Uh, Job 39, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but it says this, at, at your command, Lord, the eagle mounts up and makes its nest on high. On the rock he dwells and makes his home in the rocky crag and stronghold. So what they do after around 40 years of age they go and they sit, they go up to a really high spot where no one can bother them and they decide to make this decision to renew so that they can extend their life. And here's what they do. They undergo the painful task of actually knocking out their own beak, plucking out their talons and their feathers and over a five-month period it allows all of them to grow back and it extends their life. Isn't that incredible? Here the, the eagle teaches us is without pain there is no gain. Without sacrifice there is no success. James 1 verse 2 to 4 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You see, when you're renewed, you become mature and complete. When this process is over, the eagle is renewed it's like a new it's like a new creature and if we are to face what god has for us in our future as a church as individuals as families if we are to move into this incredible god-given god-designed destiny that he has for us we must be renewed you and i must be renewed i've often said i i, I don't want to just take what we've got here and just transplant it down to nambo i'm asking god for a freshness a newness something incredible to happen down there are you with me i don't want to transplant this stuff down there i don't want to look back on the good old days and that's as good as it gets that we can look back on the good old days remember the good old days i was there they weren't that good there was no internet there was no cell phones how do people even communicate? You know? We can look back or we can look forward to what God has and his destiny for us. Habakkuk 3 verse 2 says this, In the midst of the years, revive us. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Remember mercy. Let me speak this prophetically to some of you. Some of you are saying, well, that's all well and good, but I'm too old. I'm telling you right now, God's not done with you. 
you're not finished. If you're still breathing, God still has a plan for your life. And I don't care if you're old or young. I don't care if you're, you know, tall or short or whatever. God has a plan for your life. And the only thing that can stop his plan for your life is your disobedience. If you want to hang on to hurt in the past, it will affect your destiny going forward. But if you can knock that stuff out, even if it's painful, then God has a destiny and a plan for each and every one of you. So you need to knock that stuff out and let his Holy Spirit revive you and breathe new life into you. See, we can learn much from the eagle. The eagle knows it needs to be renewed. It it sits there and it says, you know what? I'm going to die if I don't go through this process. So it chooses to go through that process despite the pain. It realizes that rebirth, rebirth involves the death of the old self. And there's a great, that's what the gospel is. You see, God didn't send his son Jesus to make bad men good. He sent Jesus to make dead men live. And when you are renewed, you get a new life. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the Bible says, the new has come. The old has passed away, it says. The new is here. So as we wrap this little message up on the eagle, I hope you've taken some uh, lessons from this. I was fascinated with this. I love it. But the real lesson I need to take from it, and I believe you, you do too, is that we need to renew ourselves like the eagle. Do I hear an amen to that? Why don't you bow your heads in prayer? We talked about a rebirth. We talked about how the eagle will tear out its talons and its beak so that it can be reborn. And right now, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, then this is a fantastic opportunity to do it. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is the moment you can be reborn, born again. This is the moment for you. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you've never asked Jesus into your life or if it was a long time ago and you've been out of the picture and, and, and out of fellowship with him, this is the moment to renew that, to get a new birth. Just pray these words with me where you are. Just say these words, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. But right now, Lord Jesus, I ask you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a new life. Just as we take a few moments here, if God's speaking that to you, if if you prayed that prayer for the first time, just shoot your hand up and down very quickly. There may be no one here, I don't know, but if that's you, we want to make sure that we, we do that right now. We get that one right. Praise God. Now for the rest of us, I don't know about you, but I need to be renewed. I feel like we're at a place right now uh, in our lives when I need to take some lessons from the eagle and to renew my life. So I'm going to invite you to pray this with me, church. If you love Jesus, but it's just been a hard slog for a bit, this is for you. It hasn't been a hard slog for me. It's just been, you know, there's other stuff happening, attacks and what have you. This is our moment when we can say, Lord, renew me. Renew me. 
I open my life to you. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I just open my life to you. I yield to your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will renew me. Just take a few moments. Just ask him to renew you. sick of the slog. Some of us, Lord, are fearful. Lord, we just give it all to you. And we pray, renew our spirits. Renew our spirits.